You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 57. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and I am thrilled that you are tuning in today. First order of business, are you subscribed to the podcast? Have you hit the subscribe button? Because you know you, you probably want to do that so that every week, you don't have to even think about it, that it's just going to download to your phone. But seriously... If you're on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, go ahead and hit that subscribe so that you make sure that you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. We have some really awesome episodes coming up in the next couple of months that I'm really excited to share with you, and I don't want you to miss a thing. Second, I just want to say a big, huge thank you for sharing the podcast. I see you. I see you sharing it. I see you tagging me. I get DMs of people who say that they've been referred to the podcast from their friends, and I just want to say a big, huge thank you for doing that. It really means the world to me. As a content creator, when you put out content, the biggest compliments that somebody can can give you is to share that work, is to share that content with the people that they love and that that they that they want to be successful. So I see you sharing the podcast. I see you referring your friends to it. And I just want to say a big, huge thank you. Now, today on the podcast, we have one of my favorite people, Jasmine Shea, and I'm really excited to be able to share Jasmine with you. Um, Jasmine and I, I think, connect on a lot of levels. Um, We have some intensity in our personalities that I think uh, we match each other very well in that way. Um, And we talked a lot in this episode about goals and about goal setting and about achieving goals. And Jasmine has some really unique insights into how you set and think about and achieve goals. And I'm really excited for you to listen because this is not another one of like just a random, you know, regular goal setting episode where it's like, yeah, set your goals and break them down and, you know, take one step at a time. No, we talk about a lot about, um, a lot of the mental work that goes into, um, choosing and setting goals and and breaking it down and how we can choose where our attention is, how we can choose how we are showing up in each and every moment. And I think it's going to kind of blow your mind when, when you start to think about your goals as you listen to this episode. So I really would encourage you as you're starting this episode to have already in your mind, what are some of the goals that you're currently working on? And if you're not, if you don't currently have any goals, that's fine too. Maybe something will come up for you during the episode that can help you to get started on a goal. Um, but have that in your mind as you start to listen and then start to listen as Jasmine talks about how to think about those goals and how to, um, make sure that there's something that aligns with your bigger picture in the world. Um, I think that you will come away from this episode with some new intentions and some new focuses and some really, really tangible takeaways that can help you to set and achieve those big goals. So let's hop into that episode with Jasmine Shea. I'd like to welcome Jasmine Shea to the podcast. Jasmine, how are you? 
I'm so good. Thanks for having me, Amber. Oh my gosh. I'm thrilled. I'm so excited to be able to introduce you to my audience because I know that they're going to love you just like I love you. And I think you have some really, really good stuff that is going to be really, really inspiring to people no matter where they're at on their, on their journey. So um, thank you for being here. Yes. Thank you for having me. Let's start out with just introducing you. Who's Jasmine Shea? What do you do? Give us a little bit of your backstory and what you're currently at. Yeah. And you had just mentioned you're excited to introduce me to your audience. So I can tell you guys, if you love food, you love working out or being active in some way, well, then you guys are in the right place. So my journey, kind of the short abridged version is I, you know, I played sports in high school, but it wasn't ever anything kind of serious. This is kind of the beginning of my fitness journey. And then I got to college and I worked at Sonic Drive-In. And I ate fast food. We would stay up for McDonald's breakfast. So that was the story of my life. But I then started going to the gym, working out, and realized I needed to couple that with my nutrition. So fast forward almost 10 years now, I have over a dozen cookbooks. I've traveled the nation hosting healthy cooking workshops. And I'm also the founder of Your Dinner is Planned, which is the fastest and most affordable way for busy families to get dinner on the table. And that's through a membership site. So the summary of all that is I love food. I love sharing recipes and I love showing others that we can strive for our goals and strive for bettering our own selves while eating delicious food at the same time. Hey, freaking men. Love it. (laughs) So when you started your Instagram account, where were you then at your fitness journey and how has that kind of transpired and changed over the years? Mm, Yeah. I actually specifically remember where I was. I was working in the corporate environment. I was working actually for Nestle and even working in the office, we were required to taste test the ice cream. So I was eating oh, ice cream Man. every day. I, know, I, remember, I remember when I was uh, interviewing there and I said, so do we get free ice cream? And they said, well, only six, six tubs a month. I'm like, six tubs a month. <laughs> That's amazing. So I was working for Nestle and I, was not active whatsoever, but I again started to go to the gym. I actually got a group on to a random local gym and I started following others on Instagram on a personal account that I had. And I noticed that people were posting recipes and I was like, what, what is this? And it's really kind of the beginning of when Instagram was sharing a lot of recipes and fitness progress. So Mm -hmm. I started implementing some of those recipes and I said, well, look at all these creations I'm making. I want to put them on here more kind of like a personal journal for me. And this was about six years ago. So I don't even remember the handle I made at the time, but I know I made it private. So none of my friends could find me. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is for me. This is my own motivation. And then I started posting progress pictures and I was like, heck no, I don't want anyone following me. No one finding me. So that was really the beginning of my Instagram. It was secret and it was more just kind of like a journal and personal documentation for me. And then I remember from there, I decided to make it public and it was primarily for me to share the recipes because although I had my fitness progress on there, I said, I want to share these recipes. And once I did that, it just, it just grew immensely because people were making these recipes. I was sharing my progress. They were seeing what was possible. And yeah, that was about six years ago. It's crazy. 
Yeah. And so over those six years though, you've, you've personally done a lot of different things when it comes to your fitness journey. Um, and I'd be interested for you to share some of those of where maybe you were six years ago, some of your fitness goals Mm -hmm. six years ago, then, you know, three years ago, and then up till today, those look very different. Yes. Very different. So about six years ago is when I had that group on and I was going to the gym and it was kind of like circuit style training, which I loved. Absolutely loved. It was something different every day. It was, you could kind of compare it to CrossFit, but it wasn't an official kind of like sanctioned box. So circuit training, high intensity with weights, which I absolutely love. So my very first exposure beyond like kind of high school sports and college intramurals was weights. And from that moment on, I just absolutely love the feeling of getting stronger and getting stronger with any movement and stronger even in my aerobic capacity and my cardio. So that really really allowed me to find a love just not for fitness and working out, but for what it would do for me. Mm-hmm. And I love setting goals. Goals are my favorite. So I said, okay, this is cool. I'm sharing recipes. I'm doing these workouts, but what's next? And I, I think I came across the bodybuilding world through Instagram and I said, Oh, I want to try that. And you know, sometimes I look back and I think, what if I never would have done that? Because I was in a really great place. I was feeling good. I was seeing progress. I was losing weight or whatever my goal was, but I then decided to try bodybuilding. So I did. And I ended up doing, I think I've done five shows total. I started out in figure competitions Mm -hmm. and then my most, I, and then I stopped bodybuilding for like two years And in that interim, I started powerlifting, Mm -hmm. which I loved. I'm sure you can relate to that. So it took my love of strength, but also after four bodybuilding shows at that time, I really wanted to not feel so restricted and find something that would actually align with my life. Mm -hmm. And my first few shows of bodybuilding, they, I... I really committed, but what that meant was sacrificing a lot of other things in my life, like saying no to a lot. And Mm -hmm. it really showed me the power of dedication, but I, there, there was a lot that I missed out on, I guess you could say. So Mm -hmm. anyways, I competed in a couple powerlifting competitions, which I freaking loved. I had incredible coaches. I was training at juggernaut and it was just, I learned so much. I had this story. It was all, I can never squat. I don't know how to squat, but just learning proper form was so empowering. Mm -hmm. So powerlifting. Then I said, let me do one more bodybuilding show. So I competed in bikini. And I said, after every show, I say never again. So I said, never again. (laughs) Um, and then I started to explore CrossFit and that's where I'm at now is kind of like when I originally started just feeling good, challenging myself, not as strong as I was when I was powerlifting cause I'm not training for that specifically, but yeah, it's just empowering and I'm feeling great and I'm not restricting myself like bodybuilding the lifestyle was. So that's where I'm at now. Awesome. And I love that you bring up this, this concept of, um, you set a goal and you wanted to do bodybuilding and you wanted to do these competitions and you recognize that like in order to get there, you had to make some sacrifices and you had to give up some stuff and you know, whether or not that was worth it at the time, maybe one thing and whether or not it's worth it right now is, is a completely different thing. Um, but 
I, if I'm correct, you don't regret necessarily doing that. You don't regret necessarily these other goals that you set, um, because they've kind of gotten you to where you are today. Can you talk a little bit about how each of those goals has kind of brought you to who you are today? Yeah, absolutely. And I really think that has been a powerful shift for me is in hindsight, it's very easy to say, oh yes, all of these goals brought me here. But now that I've brought an awareness to even amidst the struggles and the accomplishments and every goal I set, I do know without a doubt that it has all been a part of, of my journey. I mean, literally it's been a part of my journey, but figuratively in how my mindset has grown, it's because of every goal that I set, but everything I experienced along the way, whether it would be considered a failure or an achievement that has truly gotten me here. And I will say the biggest part of that, I think with any of my goals has been recognizing that this is all a choice. Mm. And when I started bodybuilding at first, I think I kind of bought into the whole hustle mentality. And again, this can be applied to any goal, but the whole, I will achieve this no matter what. And this is the only option. And for me, it never was about placing or getting first. It was more just really sacrificing so many things to go all in on this. But what I found myself doing was complaining Mm. and it made it miserable. Mm. And fast forward, especially now when I'm setting goals, everything is a choice. We are choosing to do this, but not only are we choosing to have these goals, it doesn't even have to be bodybuilding. It can be getting a pull up, for Mm -hmm. example, it is a choice. And that it did the opposite of put me in complaining mode and it, it was empowering. And I recognized the opportunity that we have to improve. And so that's really where all of this has led me to today is recognizing every single goal I set is not to grind away or to feel like I'm lacking something or to feel like I'm not making progress. In fact, it's the opposite of what an opportunity to take everything I've done over the past year, three years, week, and put it towards this new opportunity that I am choosing to focus on. So that's really been the most powerful evolution for me. And I I feel like that's relevant, especially for every listener that if you have a goal in mind, it's not going through working towards that goal and being upset at yourself or not giving yourself grace or feeling like you're not there yet will have an opposite effect if you are recognizing what an opportunity this is, I am choosing to better myself, to learn new things and see what I experience along the way. So, Oh, that's so powerful. So if somebody's listening and they can kind of relate to a little bit of what you were saying, right? Maybe they have a goal and yet they find themselves tripping up. They find themselves mm-hmm. complaining, then find themselves being like, I don't like this or whatever. What would you say to them to like, either get really clear on, is that actually a goal that they want? Or is it something that they need to change their attention? They need to change their focus. How would you kind of work them through that? Yeah. And I love that you mentioned, is it actually what you want? Because anytime I was actually told this by our mentor, James Wedmore, and he has told me anytime we are complaining, we are not taking responsibility for something. So So 
that's been so powerful for me because anytime I complain and complaining can show up in, in different forms, maybe we're dreading something or maybe we're just not looking forward to it. So we're shifting our attention to why we don't want to do it. But I think what you mentioned was, do you really want that is really important for us to acknowledge because sometimes we may not actually want that. Mm -hmm. And it can be a matter of one, changing your actions or two, changing your goal. If someone wants to bodybuild or they want a pull up or whatever that specific goal is, they want to lose X amount of pounds. If you aren't committing to what it takes to get there, then it's either take responsibility for where your attention is and what actions you are doing or change your goal. Mm -hmm. And it, it seems so simple, but it's like, do you really want that? Yes. Yes. I really want it. Okay. Then where are you not taking responsibility? Where can you plan more? Where can you say yes to more things or no to more things, wherever that may be. So the other piece I want to mention there is you had said, if anyone is struggling towards their goal and they're kind of feeling in that same space where a no fail place to always go back to is not just where our attention is, but also gratitude. Mm. Because if we cannot be grateful for how far we've already come, or even be grateful for the fact that our awareness is such that we're setting the goal, then how can we expect to get more? And it's also, if you think about it, we're always going to have goals and we may not even realize that we have certain goals, but anytime we want to improve or anytime we want something quote unquote more, it's ultimately a goal. So once we achieve that thing, then you're just going to set the next goal and it's kind of like a sliding scale. So we think that we attain this elusive result and they're like, Oh, I want more. But if we can't mm -hmm. be grateful for what we've already achieved and already accomplished, then how can we even expect more? So I think that's a really critical piece is really being very intentional about being grateful for and giving ourselves some grace for, for how far we really have come. Yeah. I see this a lot with women where we want to downplay how far we've come or downplay the wins that we have. And so people will say, well, I've only lost three pounds, right? Mm -hmm. Or I, you know, I did this and this and this wrong this weekend instead of focusing on, Hey, I did this and this right. Or I did this and this and I, you know, followed through with something I said. And so I, for those of you listening, I would love for you to think about this in your own journey. How are you minimizing and downplaying the progress you've already made and focusing on what you have yet to attain rather than focusing on how far you have already come? Because I guarantee if you have a goal and you've taken action steps towards that goal, whether or not you're even close to hitting it, you have some wins, you have things that you can be grateful for, and you have things that you can celebrate along the way. And that's such a more powerful way to be able to get to that goal of focusing on what you've accomplished rather than how far you still have to go. Yeah. Um, so good. Uh, I have a kind of a, a, a interesting question. This has been something that's kind of on my mind and maybe this is something a little out there that we can chat about and I'm interested to hear mm -hmm. your opinion on. So when we set goals there, are, you know, you talked about with your bodybuilding competition, like there were things that you had to give up, right? There's requirements. There, there were things that you had to do in your life in order to attain that goal. Um, how do we reconcile that, that uh, a thing that we have to do to be able to get the goal, reconciling it with 
beliefs that we often have about what the process has to look like. So for example, one thing that I, a lot of women come to me with the belief of is that weight loss has to be hard, right? They, mm-hmm. they have this belief that it has to be hard, that it's going to be, it means they have to dig deep. It means they have to give up. It means they have to sacrifice. And that belief really holds them back from actually getting the result that they want, because to them, it's like, you know, sacrifice and hard work and like, you know, restriction, like that's not what I want. And so one of the things I work on is shifting that belief. Like what if weight loss didn't have to be hard? What if it didn't have to suck? What if you didn't have to cut out all these things? What if you didn't have to skip out going out with your friends? Um, but how do we reconcile that with, yeah, there are sometimes going to be things that you have to do to achieve a goal. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. And I love this because I agree. It's so common. It's even common when I'm giving recipes, you know, cooking has to be so hard or eating healthy is so hard. Time has to take a lot of time. Exactly. So what came up for me with this is, and we hear the whole cliche, like think about your why and why you want this goal. But I'd love to kind of offer a a little more in-depth perspective about that. And that is yes, getting very clear on our why, but also kind of the why to the why. So for example, why do we want weight loss? Some of the surface examples, maybe I want to feel better in my clothes. I want to feel more confident. But if I think about me personally, why did I go through my bodybuilding journey? Or even why am I loving CrossFit? Or why am I wanting to feel stronger? Or even just get that one movement. For me personally, it's like I mentioned, it's so empowering. It's very empowering, but it's also evidence and proof of my dedication and my commitment, my commitment to myself. So if I dive a little deeper, that is my why is it's a commitment to myself. And I am very clear that if I don't commit to myself and improving myself, then how can I even ask that of my business or of my team or those that I'm serving? So really being that example of that commitment to self. So that being said, it's, for me, it's important to recognize that those little milestones that we may be deeming hard throughout our journey, I'll tell you what's a heck of a lot harder is not committing to myself. Mm. So while I may need to sacrifice or not even sacrifice, that's in, in terms of real life where I'm at now, where, whether it's tracking macros or not tracking macros or just finding that balance, maybe I'm going to opt for a smaller portion of a dessert. And we can look at that as a sacrifice, or maybe you're not going to eat the birthday cake and instead you're going to make something you pre-prepped. Whatever you are thinking as hard or a sacrifice or choosing to feel like it's heavy, I can tell you that what's harder, again, is not achieving that larger why. So Mm -hmm. when we start to add up Mm -hmm. all these little things throughout three months or however long our the time frame of our goal is, yeah, it's going to seem like a lot, but what if you're in the exact same place that you were before you even set this goal? That is going to weigh on you so much more than if you did overcome or push through what you're considering to be these sacrifices. But I think there's kind of two sides. It's one recognizing that all these little milestones are getting you closer to your goal. But also, like you were saying, so many people think losing weight is hard, but that's because we're comparing. Like oftentimes Mm -hmm. when you're talking about celebrating, when we're not recognizing or being grateful for our progress, it's because we're comparing. So Mm -hmm. I only lost three pounds. The only Mm -hmm. reason we would think that's not a lot is because if 
okay, compared to what? Like right. that's, that's incredible. Or mm-hmm. it took me X amount of weeks. Okay. That's great. The only reason that would seem like it's not a big win is if we're comparing. So to kind of summarize what I was meaning and, and how you were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, how do we get through that journey? It's identifying really what that bigger goal is because every single action that is required of you or that you need to make that commitment to will pale in comparison to your bigger goal. Your bigger goal will always, if you, and when you can get clear on that, will always overpower all of those little actions that you need to take. And then they all add up. And then once you reach that, why, then you can set a bigger, why, and then it just, it's all compounding in the most beautiful way. That's so awesome. And something that came up for me too, while you were talking was that, um, this idea of labeling something a sacrifice, like why, Uh, why, why do we have to label it a sacrifice? And this comes back to what you had talked about before, where it's really just a choice, right? You get to choose to set a goal. You get to choose to work for that goal. And so when we decide to, um, order a salad instead of the steak, when we decide to, um, you know, go out with our kids and have, you know, just a bite of donut instead of a whole donut, you can choose to label that a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes you feel a certain way, right? Like it makes you feel restricted. It makes you feel like yeah. I don't want to do this. It makes you feel like this is hard and it sucks. Or you can label it as just a choice, right? Like I have a choice right now sitting with my kids. If I want to have a donut, I can, if I don't want to, I can like, but it just comes down again to the fact that it's a choice. Um, and so labeling as, as such takes away the good or bad. It's not hard or easy. It's just a choice that I get to make in this moment. And I get to either choose a choice that maybe will push me a little closer to my goals or maybe not, but it takes yeah. away that, that heaviness. And it's funny. Cause as I was mentioning that I, I was catching myself saying sacrifice and it's so easy to think of the journey as a sacrifice. I have to make all these sacrifices, especially because of what we're seeing on social media and we we are trying to look for where it's glorified and we're seeing the highlights of people's journeys. But also what helps me is I mentioned, that's been the biggest shift for me is recognizing it all is a choice, but the word opportunity helps me as well. So next mm-hmm. time you might say, Oh, this is, I'm sacrificing this. You can switch that and reframe that to say, what an opportunity this is for me to choose to eat this over this. Like what an opportunity to feel my body, to set a good example to my kids, to make that commitment to myself. So it's all a choice and all an opportunity every single every single moment up until that bigger goal. Yeah. What an opportunity it is to prove my commitment to myself. Like how powerful is that when you're sitting there making a choice and you're like, I can make this choice or I can make this choice. What an opportunity for me to like recommit to myself and to recommit to my goal. Um, I love framing it in that way. That's, that's so, so good. So have you always been someone who has set goals? Is this, you know, kind of how you came out of the womb? Um, (laughs) I feel like there, there are there tends to be some people who are naturally kind of go-getters with that. Um, is that you? Well, I'm leaning towards saying yes, but I also don't want that to give some sort of illusion that it comes natural to me because I would say yes, because I practice it. Oh, good. Yes. So yes, because I do set goals. It's kind of ironic that 
I set goals because I set goals in a way. So I can think back to growing up and a lot of that was instilled through my parents and also growing up with one brother. I'm very competitive. (laughs) So (laughs) it really made me competitive with myself that again, it's that commitment to self and that's really what fuels me and it will all be different for everyone, but it's practicing and you can practice even with small goals. And now that we know every action and decision along our journey is a choice. Every single choice you make is a practice. It's practice Mm. towards your goal. It's practice of setting goals. I'm going to set a goal today to stick to my macros. That is a little mini milestone towards a bigger goal. And I do feel, and what I've come across is a lot of people see goals as like, oh, goals, and I need to write them down. And yes, I, I do encourage having a lot of visibility to goals, but we're setting goals every single day. Every choice can be some type of milestone or goal. So if someone is feeling like they can't set goals or they don't even know how to set goals, again, recognize where you're making choices because every choice is aligning to some type of bigger goal and it just takes practice. And it's also creating that evidence of us achieving or working towards goals as well as every choice we make is an opportunity to say, look what I accomplished. And what I wanted to mention real quick, cause it kind of mm-hmm. aligns with this. When you were talking about, we were both talking about the opportunity, what an opportunity for me to commit to myself. If we make a choice that does not align with our bigger goal, what an opportunity for you to become aware of that and make a new choice next time. So I, mm-hmm. I want to share that intention of this also goes the same for if we think something is a failure to put it in blanket terms. Like if we think we failed or we didn't reach our goal, well actually what an opportunity to realize what you want to do differently next time. So, um, so yes, to answer your question, I can think of many times in my life that I set goals, but it's mostly with intention and with practice And it's something we absolutely can practice. And that's been empowering for me when I have felt I'm not very good at something. And I can think back in my life when I have not been very good at something else. How did I get better? I practiced. And that's the same for setting goals. Yeah. And when you, and when you distill it down into like, oh, I'm practicing, it also gives you a little bit of grace to like make mistakes. Like when my daughter sits down and plays the piano and she's practicing, she's not expected to do it right. Right. She's expected to slip up. She's expected to make mistakes and she's expected to go back and correct them and and fix them and figure out why she's making them and and get better. But when we label it as practice, that kind of just, it sets it in a different perspective of it doesn't have to be perfect. We're going to practice at it and you're going to get better just like you would at any other skill. Yeah, (laughs) Um, Yeah. And one of the things that I love most about what I get to do is that I work with a lot of moms. Um, and I work with a lot of women who, um, feel like maybe they're at a stage in their life where a lot of their attention and a lot of their focus goes to their kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, sometimes I find that moms tend to feel like they kind of lose a little bit of themselves as that happens. Um, and they lose a little bit of like drive for what they want to accomplish in their life. And what I love as I get to work with women, as they come to me and they have weight loss goals and they have fitness goals, um, and I get to teach them about goal setting and I get to teach them about reframing the way that they're looking at things that it kind of reignites, a part of them that some of them have forgotten and it gets them Mm. excited about, 
oh my gosh, I can set goals. And, um, and this doesn't necessarily have to be with fitness and it doesn't have to be with like starting a business. It can be as small as like being a better mom or being a better spouse or learning how to cook. But I really encourage those of you who are in the trenches right now, because I I've been there. Um, I know what it's like to have five kids or four kids under the age of seven. Um, to, to be setting goals and to be practicing kind of like Jasmine said, whatever that looks like for you right now. But if you can set a goal for you and you personally in your personal development, it's going to be magical how that changes you and it changes how you show up as a mom and it changes how you're able to give then to the people that you love most. Um, so often I feel like we think we have to give, 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 give. And when we can set goals ourselves and we can progress, then we can give a little even better to those that we love. So that's a little something yeah. to think about is for the moms listening. Well, I love that. And I think it's also important to recognize what, what I hear in working with moms, especially related to healthy eating is that they often feel sometimes selfish for yes. focusing on themselves or setting yes. those goals. And a really powerful reframe for that is to think about what not putting yourself first is what type of example that's setting for your kids. Mm-hmm. Whereas the flip side of that is show your, show your kids what it is like to commit to yourself and to love yourself and to speak to yourself, but to set goals. So every time we set a goal, it's actually, I don't say it's selfish to not sell, to not set goals, but again, it's such an opportunity to be an example to them of pursuing new things, of learning new things, of growing and developing. And every time you set a goal for yourself, that's the example that you are showing them as well. Yeah. And that's, it's perfect. As I was growing up and I've talked a lot about my mom and how she's influenced me, but I saw her, um, being the PTA president. I saw her um, Mm -hmm. leading in our church. I saw her teaching fitness classes and I saw her doing things that were a ways of her developing herself. And I can tell you personally how powerful it was for me to have that example of her. Um, And so I think this is such a beautiful reframe for the moms listening of how powerful it can be for your kids to see the same thing, to see Mm -hmm. how important it is for you to make time for yourself to go to the gym, how important it is for you to set aside time to like make healthy meals. Um, And that that's so powerful for your kids to see right now. Um, And you're not hurting them by taking them to the gym. I mean, I grew up in the gym daycare while watching my mom do fitness classes and it was powerful for me to be able to see that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's beautiful. I love that. So what are some of your current goals? What are you working on right now? Yeah, I love that because when we're talking about my whole journey of powerlifting and bodybuilding, it's been very quantifiable goals. So my competition Mm -hmm. date is this day. This is the amount of weight I want to lift or my bodybuilding show is this day here, my current macros. So it's been very, like I said, quantifiable goals. And I've really been practicing in this time of my life, kind of stepping away from that a little bit. And it's been an adjustment because I, if I had to put my goal in words, it truly would be to feel good. And that's not some measure that I can look at in an app or that I can see in the gym. It's just to know that I'm walking away from a workout or ending each day knowing I tried my best. Mm -hmm. And so that really, that's really my goals right now, which is so weird to not say, well, it's this date, but it's, as such a macro goal, well, no pun intended macro goal, but what that's done for me is 
I've now had to create all these micro goals. Okay. So what does feel good actually mean? Mm. Okay. So how do I know when I'm feeling good? How do I know when I'm not feeling good? Is this the hours of sleep that I'm getting? And I can start to see where this goal that doesn't need to be something extravagant or doesn't need to be some type of competition. But I do, I mean, we know that numbers are a measure. It can be a measure or at least something we can put our attention on. So I'm finding these ways throughout my day of, okay, did I improve my time in this workout? How many hours of sleep did I get? Did I finish the, uh, the priorities on my to-do list? Because that for me shows, okay, I was creative. I was in the flow. Where was my attention? So yeah, I, I, I was about to say, I wish I had some big goal I'm working towards, but I also, I don't wish that because it's kind of just a period of slowing down, really focusing on my business, which has a lot of metric metric style goals. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at is just feeling good and not adhering to some type of big, elusive, fancy goal for the sake of like abs or just for the sake of having a competition. So that's where I'm at right now. Love it. We are going to do a competition together though. (laughs) Oh, see that I want to do. So we're going to put that out in the universe. Yes. Amber and I have been talking about doing a partner crossfit competition, which sounds so fun fun. because it's not something I'm like, I mean, we're training every day technically for it, but it just sounds fun and that would make me feel good. So Mm -hmm. that absolutely aligns with my current goals. So I love it. Um, so I want you to share a little bit about your dinner is planned and how you came up with this idea. So we've talked a little bit about mom specifically and time and feeling like healthy eating has to be hard. It has to take a lot of time. So where did this idea of your dinner's plan come out of? Mm, yeah. So it very much originated from, I guess we'd say just a real life of me loving food and sharing my recipes on Instagram, as I was talking about years ago, but recognizing that one of the main priorities, especially for the moms that I serve is just getting dinner on the table. And not only for my personal self, but just what I was seeing out there is a bunch of extravagant recipes. And you feel like you can't do this and can't do that. You have to follow everything step-by-step and Pinterest is overwhelming. So I, from creating cookbooks and doing cooking workshops, I kind of combined all of that. And after working with, I mean, thousands of moms related to helping them get food on the table, I said, what is the simplest way that we can do this? And so that's why I've kind of brought it all together and said, okay, well, it needs to be simple recipes, but it doesn't just stop or start with the recipes themselves. It also comes down to the grocery shopping and also the affordability of what we're creating. So it's been a culmination of what I want. I said, I'm not going to sacrifice flavor because I love food so much. We don't need to be eating bland food. So my love for food with also where moms were struggling and that's where I really stepped in to say, Hey, I'm here to fix that for you. I see you struggling and it doesn't need to be that way because that's a lot of energy being put towards thinking about what's for dinner. I mean, I'm sure most everyone listening to this episode has heard the question what's for dinner. So my goal has really been to solve that and ensure that every mom has an answer to the question what's for dinner. Yeah, that's awesome. And how, how, when you were setting it up, like what were some of the things that you wanted to make sure, um, happened with your dinner's plan for the user experience? 
Yeah. So simplicity is one of the main things and not simplicity with the ingredients and the directions. But I just took a note here as you were asking that, because something that's really important to me is really empowering the way that people value their health. But Mm. That also is related to how they're cooking and what they're cooking and that relationship, if you will, that they have with cooking. Because if we think about it, we make eating decisions multiple times every single day. And if every time we're doing that, it's what's for dinner, what's for lunch, what's for breakfast. It's like we were talking about the the sacrifice if that's how we're deeming it. So what my goal is through what I do and the work I do with moms is empowering you through teaching you new things. And that can simply be teaching you that you don't need to spend as much time chopping. That means teaching you how to make a homemade dressing, or that means teaching you how to be a little bit more organized with your grocery list. So it's really a big shift in what I've seen for the resources out there is they just say, here's the ingredients or here's the recipe, go make it. So what's different about your dinner is planned specifically is it's so, so simple, but it will equip you with learnings and support and the simplicity to make it sustainable. And I think that's really what it comes down to because, I mean, the whole cliche, don't give a man a fish, teach him how to fish or mm-hmm. whatever the heck that is. Yeah. That's, that's where this steps in is it's how can you learn things to apply to your family, to apply to your kids, to your significant others, because that's what will be sustainable when you're actually learning the intention behind what you're doing. I love it. And so if people are like, heck yes, I want this, <laughs> what should they do? So Amber, you're going to provide a link, I believe, right? Yes. So a link for your dinner's plan, but please follow along on our Instagram, which is your dinner's plan, because we're sharing recipes, we're sharing cooking tips, we're sharing input from our existing members, and we are really there to just answer any questions that you guys have. So that'd be the first step is just get to know us and kind of see what it's all about, what your dinner's plan is all about. We do provide five dinner recipes every single week and a categorized grocery checklist, but we're here to teach you, to guide you, to help you answer that question of what's for dinner. I love it. Yes. So Jasmine is giving you guys also a $1 trial. So it's $1 to try it out for seven days. And if you're interested in doing that, that's at bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash YDIP, which stands for your dinner is planned. Um, so I'm excited about that to be able yeah. to share that with, yeah. with my listeners. I've been using, I've been using it the last hmm, month and a half, two months. Yeah. And I told Jasmine, I was a little bit, um, I was like, oh, this will be good for other people, but it's not, not really for me because mm-hmm. I already had like I already had a very routine schedule where I meal planned every Sunday and I shopped every Wednesday and like it was just I already had this routine but life has gotten real busy in the past couple of months and my Sundays have filled up because I have some more responsibilities at church and so I haven't been able to meal plan and it's been awesome to just not even have to think about it just show up at the at the grocery store on Wednesday have my list and then know that I already have the things that I need to be able to make dinner for my family so I am a believer <laughs> I, I, I wasn't I wasn't going 
going into it, I was like, yeah, it's cool for other people. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it really has been so helpful for me personally to save time when I feel like time right now is one of my my biggest things that I'm trying to <laughs> save. Um, I just have we all have a lot going on. So um, I'm really grateful for Jasmine for doing that. So bicepterbabies.com forward slash YDIP is where you can get that $1 free trial. All right, Jasmine, last question to wrap it up. Uh, we talked a lot about goals, which is awesome mm-hmm. because that's something that's so big um, for me and, and for my listeners. So if somebody has um, a big goal that they kind of are thinking in the back of their head, or maybe they've set and they're like ready to go for it, what is your biggest tip for that person? Mm, well, first I want to acknowledge you for having that big goal. Yeah, I know we talked let's about, celebrate you know, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we talked about a lot of things today. Even the feeling you may have of having a goal in the first place. Is it selfish? Should I really focus on this? So heck yeah, I want to acknowledge you that you're recognizing where you can make that commitment to yourself. And the most important thing, and when I mentioned I practice setting goals, is to ask yourself, what can I do today? Mm-hmm. And it's so powerful to have that big goal, write that down as we were also mentioning, but what can you do today? Or even what choice can you make in this moment? And that is a very actionable tip, a very tangible tip. And so the second thing I would recommend aligning that with is already beginning to reframe why you're going towards that goal. And as we talk about reframing it into a choice and into an opportunity. So you can even ask yourself the question in this moment right now, what opportunity do I have right now in this moment to choose to make this commitment to myself and just see where that leads you. See if that is related to something with your macros related to something with spending time with your kiddos, whatever that choice may be reframing it and putting your attention on that as an opportunity, your success will become inevitable. If imagine if you ask yourself that throughout every day, Mm -hmm. what opportunity do I have to choose to commit to myself or choose to blank, whatever that bigger goal is. And it becomes inevitable. And even if you don't actually reach that goal, what you've done every single day is reaffirm that commitment to yourself or again, whatever that goal is. So that's the number one advice I would give is start with today. It doesn't Mm -hmm. need to be what to do in three months or what to do in six months. What can you do today and where is your attention and how are you viewing this opportunity and this choice? That's so good. And, and what is your one thing that you can do today too? I think one of the Mm, most powerful things that Jasmine said is like, what can I do in this moment? Right? Like what choice can I make in this moment? Or what one thing can I do today? That's going to move me closer to my goals. So often we start to say, okay, I want to lose weight. Well, I have to start tracking and I have to get a scale and I have to buy healthy food and I have to go to the gym. And I, and like we list all of these things we have to do and it's super overwhelming and we don't take any action. And so when we can really break it down to like, what is one thing I can do right now today that is going to just move me an inch closer to my goal. And if you can show up every single day and ask yourself that question that Jasmine gave you, um, it's powerful how much progress you're going to be able to make. We think, oh, it's just like one choice, right? It's just, it's just one thing that I did today. Mm -hmm. But if you compound that one thing over and over and over and over again, that is how we make progress. It isn't big leaps. It's consistency over time. Yeah. And if we look at that in the the scale of a year, that's 365 choices. Whereas if you weren't asking yourself that a year from now, it's going to be zero. Mm -hmm. So every day adds up to over 300 different 
steps you've taken as progress towards your goal. Yeah, that's amazing. Awesome. Thank you so, so much, Jasmine. Where can everybody find you if they want to follow you? Yeah. So my Instagram is jazzy things, which is J A Z Z Y T H I N G S. And we also have the, your dinner is planned Instagram all spelled out. Your dinner is planned. And there you can find, like I said, recipes, tips, some fitness type stuff on my stories. So come hang out there. And I also love getting DMs. So any questions you guys have about your dinner is planned or about cooking or about getting creative in the kitchen, please send it my way. Yep. And we will link all that up in the show notes, which is bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash 57. Um, and then we'll have the $1 trial to your dinner's plan to link there too. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on today, Jasmine. Yes. Thank you so much, Amber. Glad to be here. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jasmine. She's amazing. And I really am so grateful that she came on and talked about goal setting because she is such a good example of me, of somebody who sets and achieves big goals. And I wanted to be able to share that with you as you are setting whatever goals that are, it is and you know, you currently have in your life. And like I said in the, in the episode, if you don't currently have a goal or maybe you're in the trenches right now and you're just trying to survive. Um, and if that's so, I, I see you, I hear you. I've been there. I know what that's like. And I would encourage you to, even if you're in the trenches and even if you feel like you're just surviving to set some sort of goal that will make you better. And this could be as simple as I remember, well, here's an example. I remember when I had my first baby, my goal was to get out of the house every day. And some days that was just me going to the mailbox, but that was my goal is to get out of the house every single day. And your goal can be a simple, something as simple as that, but having a goal reminding of your, yourself of your importance as a person and not just necessarily as a mom is amazing in the way that it can help you to show up for yourself and for those little people that you're caring for. And if you're not a mom or you're not currently in that stage, there is always progress that can be made. And I really encourage you to get clear on some of the things that maybe you could improve or change or do in your life that's going to help you to move you towards the person that you are meant to become in this world. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.